Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Show. And yes, I'm talking in measured tones because uh, the Tim May Show is headed for the big one, the game, Ohio State undefeated at Michigan, undefeated. Forget what's going on off the field, at least for a couple of minutes. <laughs> and uh, to fly me up there as a guy who knows how to get to Michigan and back without getting beat, uh, Matt Wilhelm. Welcome once again to the Tim May Show as my able-bodied co-pilot. Great to be with you, Tim, as always. Yeah. Dude, when I when I say Ohio State at Michigan, undefeated, Ohio State number two in the college football playoff rankings of as of last week, uh, Michigan number three. I don't expect that to change uh, going into this one with Georgia number one. And, of course, uh, Florida State. We'll see if Florida State falls out. But my point is you got two versus three, both undefeated. Uh, just What just jumps out at you about the matchup before we talk about the other stuff around the matchup? Well, I, th I think it's exciting. I think it's uh, for, for both schools as they go out and recruit players to come to these two individual universities. Uh, this is probably one of the first lessons that you get when you entertain uh, that opportunity as, as a recruit, uh, whether it be a walk-on or a scholarship player, is you, you have to have some knowledge and grasp of what this game means for each university. And I think, uh, you know, now more so than ever, uh, what – Coach Tressel kind of started, you know, in, in my era of Ohio State football. And then I think Urban, Coach Urban Meyer continued. And, you know, Ryan Day, you know, uh, had some easy sledding early on uh, in this rivalry and, and hasn't gone our way in the last two, uh, which we'll get to as we, you know, really, uh, you know, divide more into this, this rivalry. And I think also looking back at an Ohio State football team that over the last two football games – has been extremely efficient on offense, uh, stingy as all stingy can be defensively. And I think also looking at the, the Michigan team and what they've been the last couple of weeks, since a lot of the off the field stuff has come in, they're still having to play football games and it hasn't quite looked like it has up to this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we'll get to that in a moment, but I wanted, I did want to ask you this, uh, uh, this team is 11 and 0. Ohio State is for the second straight year. Um, since the 21st century started, Ohio State's lost only four times to Michigan, including the last two, as you just pointed out. But uh, give people a little sense because you lived it. Give people a little sense of what changed in this rivalry uh, as the 21st century started uh, with Jim Trussell at the helm. What changed in this rivalry that went up there in 2001? Uh, what what changed about it in your mind that gave Ohio State the upper hand for low so many years until the last two? Sure. Uh, it is all about the the emphasis on this game and it not just be, you know, when you when you either, I'll say, likely win your game prior to this rivalry football game. It was a uh, with Coach Tressel, it was a 24 seven, 365 affair. Uh, where your focus was never very far from this rivalry game and what it means to to our state, to our university, uh, to the former players, and what it will be for us uh, when we have the opportunity to go out and prove ourselves, uh, whether it be at home or you know up in the big house. And uh, it's you know it started with the countdown clock, and, and I know that Tim every you know the last couple of years we've been doing this ahead of this football game. It was uh, 
uh, Coach Trestle would break down, or we would as a team. We'd sit in the team meeting room, and he would throw on the, the previous year's game. And I hope in some cases, uh, you know, that, that maybe Ryan Day adapts to some of those things because uh, for, call it, you know, 55 minutes, because it was really just, you know, a series of big plays, you know, broken down coverage or a run that pops for 75 yards where it's the battle that we've seen, the back and forth battle. You know, I punch you, you punch me. You know, who can who can stand the longest? Yeah. Uh, or I think, you know, Michigan is really – uh, had the edge for whatever reason. We'll get into that too, as you know, as the week evolves. Uh, they've been able to to block us up on that one play almost perfectly, or force a uh, force that one player, uh, that one eleven, to get out of his gap, and that guy just you know gets on our safety, makes you know ma- you know makes one little deviation, and it's uh, it's one play seventy five yards, one play sixty five yards, and completely flips the game uh, on his head, and so. Uh, and 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 again, it's it's not just this rivalry, but it's football in general. It's you know your ability to do your job, you know, play in, play out your one eleventh. And I think it's the little things in this game. We saw you know JT Barrett, you know, uh, the 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 fourth down, the fourth and one. Did he get it? Did he not? You know, it was a matter of inches. Exactly, it was a matter of inches that we got it. And uh, uh, just even dissecting some of those runs that popped on us last year, or the the, the coverages, it's. It's one guy not doing his job. And it's not that he's like flat out not doing his job. He does it for three quarters of the play, just not all the way through the play and ends up getting turned that little seam and bam, you know, 75 yard touchdowns. And so it's studying those things and understanding the, uh, the, the emphasis on doing your job and being accountable to yourself, to the guy next to you, to then, uh, you know, your, your teammates, the coaches, the university and, and, and so on. And it only gets bigger and magnified from there. Yeah, I was going to say, this game is about big plays, man. It just, you know, it seemed like, for you know, for example, Jonathan Wells going right up the middle, remember, up there at Michigan yeah. in 2001. It just, like, 50 yards or whatever it was, but it just kind of broke that and game even be- open. And even it. Beanie, about, and even Beanie, you know, five, oh. six years later. Oh, yeah, no, but I'm, that's what I was getting to. I mean, it's just, seemed like Ohio State in all, in all of its wins has had a huge running play, you know, in some, some form over the last 23 years. 22 years and stuff. And uh, so, you know, as a linebacker, you're sitting there and you're keen, for example, your position. Do you go into the game anxious, meaning you got a lot of anxiety going on? You're eager to play the game, but you got anxiety going on? Or is it more you're eager to play the game uh, knowing what's at stake? I mean, explain what what that is for an individual player. Well, I think for us, like this year's team, like last year's team, you you know, uh, in 2002, we went into the game completely undefeated with, uh, at that time in the BCS era, the opportunity to play national championship. Yeah. And in this case, it's an opportunity to play for a Big Ten championship. Uh, you win that game, and most likely you're you're one of four uh, who has an opportunity to compete for a national championship as well. So there's a lot on the line, and I think uh, that's why, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday uh, are such core work days like you know hard hat days uh both uh, not necessarily obviously it's you know uh wednesday thursday friday in the nfl but where you you've if you've been studying these guys you have a firm understanding of who they are and what they do and what they like to do you know of course you're going to go back and you're going to study last year's game you're going to study a you know a four game breakdown of who they are and i and i do think to you know get into some of the x's and o's um there are definitely things that if you know jim knowles in this defense can minimize or handle uh specific players i think in the, in the run game there uh with quorum 
it's been really good for Corum against bad teams. And it's been a kind of like, you know, a, not a mishmash, but some success because they're a very good offensive line. He's a very good running back. Uh, it, you know, but it's not what we've always seen from Michigan as of late when you see a better front or a team that's dedicated to stopping the run. Yeah. And then you, you get into, uh, you know, McCarthy. I think the one, you know, the one X factor in this game is if we do, in fact, uh, stop the run very well is, is McCarthy's athleticism. You know, his ability to elongate those plays and uh, or, you know, it's third and eight and he takes out the run and gets, you know, the eight and a half and pushes and, and hands, you know, runs out of bounds. You don't even get a hit on the quarterback and he gets the eight and a half yards that's needed, which is a backbreaker for you as a defense to have to go back out there and stop him for three more plays. Uh, yeah. So that's another X factor. And then I think their uh, their use of uh, and I think this is an emphasis if I were a defense coordinator or a linebacker is uh, the tight ends in this system. You know, yes, they have some some playmakers outside. But, you know, the Loveland kid and their ability, you know, his ability to win one on one against the safety as a big body or be a better athlete than a linebacker in coverage. Now it's going to be different with, you know, maybe Steel Chambers, you know, a very athletic linebacker on him or, you know, Eichenberg, you know, uh, beating him up, jamming him off the line uh, in situations. But that those are some of my mouth concerns. I think based on what I've seen and I actually uh, I texted my buddies, you know, once the kind of the page turns to rivalry week, I just I sent them a screenshot of you know, the ESPN stats on scoring defense. So Michigan's number one in the country at nine points per game. Ohio State's number two in the country at 9.3 points per game. Uh, Michigan's number one in the country in yards allowed with like 234. Ohio right. State's like number three in the country with like 252. So uh, a betters man is going to bet the under, you know, in a, in a game like this. So that 14 to nine game like we had in 2002, uh, seems very realistic because points are going to be very hard to come by. And then as you transition, you know, out of the X's and O's, on, and we haven't even got into our offensive scheme yet, but talking about our defense is um, some of the decisions down in the red zone, you know, that Ryan day, if we move the ball successfully on that stingy uh, Michigan defense down into the red zone and uh, do we, you know, what's the, what's the threshold on going forward on fourth down, you know, what do those plays look like? And I think, and maybe in some case, you know, as, as we're talking through this, you know, Ryan Day's learned from some of that, the, the jet sweep on fourth down at Notre Dame, you yeah. know, some of those plays that might have looked, looked and felt really good in practice that in the game, just, you know, in a moment like that, you can't that he's learned not to call that. And he's learned to maybe, you know, what, what to do instead of in those moments. And I, and I do think, uh, lastly, the evolution of our offense as the season gone on, I think, you know, Kyle McCord, uh, we've looked clunky at times. He's looked clunky. And and I'll also say we've been spoiled with Justin Fields and C.J. Stroud for the last four years at Ohio State. Uh, and But he's kind of come on, you know, what Marvin means to our offense. I think what Travion means to our offense. Uh, offensively, I think it's going to come down to our offensive line play because Michigan's defensive line is very good. But that said, going back to the red zone before I let you uh, come up, I come up for air, is uh, Sharon Moore, their, their interim head coach having to make very difficult decisions in this game because of how that affects Michigan lore and Michigan moving forward, because down in the red zone, do you take the points or do you go for it? And yeah. do they have those plays that they love? And so, uh, you know, Ryan day knows what he's up against. This will be the first game as an interim head coach in this rivalry for more on the other side. And will it be a committee that makes these decisions? Will they have an analytics data sheet that they're going off of? Or is he just going with his gut and trusting his players? Yeah. Well, I asked you all to go about being uh, being anxious, anxiety involved. I'll tell you what, uh, 
Matt, for people who don't have a ticket to this game, GameTime.co, the GameTime app, might be your salvation, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I'm looking right, I'm looking on the, the Game Time app right now on my phone, and uh, the best deal they've got going on for getting in, this is being section 40, row 11, is $884 a seat. Uh, their cheapest uh, ticket, as we talk here, as we record this uh, early in the week, early on Thanksgiving week, their cheapest ticket to get in at the moment is $675. That's an end zone <laughs> An end zone seat. Uh, bottom line is, ladies and gentlemen, 2006 was the game of the century. 2001 was the game that really turned the tide for Ohio State. 2006 was the game of the century, as most people remember, uh, unless you weren't there and you didn't put in. You know, you decided to stay home, not pay the exorbitant fee, uh, whatever you want to call it for this game. Uh, to be there, you got to be there. And uh, this is being, by all manner this is one of the great collisions in college football history coming up on saturday not just for the big 10 east title to stay viable in the college football playoff but also the the last time uh that the big 10 east title for example will be up for grabs because next year it's going to be a, a big potpourri uh when uh, the four teams from the pac 12 join the big 10 so uh the game time app uh gametime.co it's a place to go and remember if you if you download the game time app and you make a purchase, and you use the promo code Buckeyes, the promo code Buckeyes, you'll get $20 off that first purchase. So $20 off $675, that's a pretty good deal, $655. <laughs> it's better than $675. But, uh, yeah, this is one of those one of those games where you may regret not going. I'm not saying you, you should fork over this money, but th this is where the opportunity is at the GameTime app, GameTime.co. And remember, if you find a ticket on another site for cheaper uh, in the same uh, row, the same section that you uh, that you bought your ticket on the GameTime app, uh, GameTime will refund 110% of the difference of those two tickets. They'll refund you 110 110% of the difference. That's a hell of a deal also. Uh, and remember always uh, with things like this, terms do apply. But uh, $20 off your first purchase if, if, if you just download the game time app and use the promo code Buckeyes, you know, you're looking for every little uh, every little discount you can get going into a game like this. And so if you've waited, if you put it off, if you've already done your Thanksgiving shopping but haven't bought your Ohio State at Michigan ticket for what promises to be one of the great games in history, now's the time to do it. That's the game time app, gametime.co. Back to you, Matt Wilhelm. I'm sure you have – your plans for Saturday, no matter what they are. I wanted to ask you this before we move on, because I've got two really good guests on this program this uh, this week. I've got Paul Feinbaum uh, from ESPN fame, and everybody knows the mouth mouth from the South. And uh, and then I've got John U. Bacon, longtime Michigan historian, et cetera, coming up. But I wanted to ask you this. Let's get back into Ohio State's offense right now. You're a linebacker, and you're looking at Ohio State you're 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 at Michigan and you're looking at video this week and you see the Ohio State offense without Travion Henderson and you see the Ohio State offense with Travion Henderson. What just what just would come to mind for you? Well, uh, well, first and foremost, uh, the one thing that it seems is I want to get Travion Henderson running east and west. You know, uh, but that said, there's there's a caveat that comes with that, too, because he's as good as anybody at getting that, you know, if he is going east and west, getting that 
making that one cut and getting vertical and, and knifing through the defense, whether that's on the edge or inside. But I think uh, where Ohio State's gotten better with a healthy Travion Henderson, I'll say, the, what, the last three, four weeks where he's gone for, what, what almost 100 yards or more in every one of those affairs, uh, uh, they're getting him going. I think that Ryan Day has found that he's durable enough to take all those carries because everything behind him with Mayan, you know, being Mayan Williams being hurt and, and Hayden and, McCa- and uh, uh, McAllister and those other guys haven't really, you know, taken some of those carries away. They spell him, but they don't get the six, seven, eight, nine, ten carries that they might have gotten, you know, last year in the past. So I think there's a there's a trust that's been developed in, in uh, Travion being healthy. Ryan Day understanding his strengths, you know, what plays they like. And there's some patience in our offense, I would say, both from Kyle yeah. McCord and from Ryan Day as a play caller to stick with the run, although it may not be pretty early. And we saw that in the Minnesota game. We saw, you know, saw it weeks ago, uh, the Michigan State, where it was, uh, it's one yard, four yards, eight yards, one yards, no yards, 75 yards. You know, and that that's what the, a factor that Travion can, can bring when a play is blocked up right. And, you know, just like, uh, I'll say, a, a Michigan running back uh, or Blake Corum, uh, I'll take Travion on a safety, you know, in space uh, as often yeah. as possible. So it's really based around that front. And then I think there's uh, what it forces and how it aids Kyle McCord in this offense is uh, now once you've stuck to the run and you're making some success on the ground, when you flash that football in play action, and you maybe break tendency because again, every that's what we're in right now. You know, that's the one thing I loved about you know studying the game and watching the film is uh, you determine a, a game flow about how the offensive play caller, you know, what what we expect them to be in, what Ryan Day does on spe- specific downs and distances. And I even think uh, the the folks calling the game uh, this past week uh, against Minnesota even said it was you know Ryan Day has developed a tendency, and if the commentators can pick up on it, you know the opponents can a tendency to do. I I forget it was maybe. Maybe it was throw on second down and long, you know, after after a, a two or three yard run and he went run, run. Yeah. You know, so uh, and it just those little things, again, with a with lightning in a bottle that is Travion Henderson in our run game playing as well as he is, is, is extremely dangerous for us. And our ability to flash that football, create a little bit of doubt and allow, you know, Kyle McCord to throw to bigger zone windows uh, you know, to not only Marvin Harrison, but now that we've got a, you know, Buka coming back, you know, being our leading receiver last week against Minnesota, that was uh, great to see because he had, we haven't needed him to be that guy very often, but to see him healthy and to, uh, to see him, you know, do what he does, you know, stretch the seam, you know, run those in routes and, uh, and allow us to move Marvin around. So uh, Travion's a game breaker and the more that we can have healthy, and, uh, you know, the more we can have in the stable in a game like this, it's going to be needed against this team. Yeah. Well, speaking about, about needed, I'm going to go to my stable now. You know, uh, uh, speaking of pulling punches, whatever, Paul Feinbaum has never been known to pull any punch. I wouldn't call him a heavy. If you meet him, he's not a heavyweight, but he is when it comes to uh, speaking his mind. Uh, so let's get to my conversation without further ado with Paul Feinbaum. Man, always appreciate it when this young man comes on my uh my show, uh, Paul Feinbaum, welcome once again to the Tim May Show. It's been a while. It has been, Tim. Uh, it is always a pleasure to be on with uh, one of my true my true heroes in, in sports writing and now, of course, podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of your true heroes. I appreciate that, man. I think that's false, but we'll get on. Hey, just real quick, Ohio State versus Michigan at Michigan. Two undefeateds colliding for the second straight year with so much on the line. Um uh, 
really a third straight year with so much on the line, but two undefeateds. It's crazy. 2006 comes to mind. 2022 comes to mind. When I say Ohio State at Michigan this year, what comes to mind for Paul Feinbaum? Well, I mean, it, it, you know, to say it's the biggest game of the year in college football is like too easy. Uh, yeah. It, it's also the most compelling game. Uh, there may be another one a week later that 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 is interesting and, and similar, but not in a hostile environment. And I'm talking about Alabama and Georgia and Atlanta. But I mean, this game uh, will dominate the entire week. I mean, I, I'm, I'm covering the the Iron Bowl, and I'll, I'm I'm going to feel like, <laughs> you know, I, I walked into uh, the wrong party. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, I mean, as, as great as that game is, uh, I, I've done this a couple of years now. I remember, was it six or seven years ago? Uh, the game felt like whatever year it was, it had, it had a similar feel too. And I was uh, I was on college game day trying to convince the panel in Ann Arbor, I think, that the uh, that the Iron Bowl was a bigger game. And they, I, I got laughed off. Yeah. But uh, that just happens. Uh, I th- the game may have been in Columbus, by the way, because uh, we were in Tuscaloosa. Um, so. I mean, I think you come to expect it. Uh, it it it's exactly what this game uh, is supposed to be. Uh, this year, though, it's more compelling because uh, of the Harbaugh situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, Paul, what what is your take on? I mean, you know, you know that's an, an an obtuse question to a certain right. extent, but just what is your take on what we've been through? You know, and let me just set the scene here. You know, uh, uh, you know, covering Ohio State primarily. You know, it's you, you saw Michigan try to throw everything on Ohio State for what has gone wrong with them over the last month, including Ryan Day claiming he had a brother that was, you know, you know, you know what I mean? You've kept up with it and stuff. What is your take on how Michigan uh, has handled this situation? I mean, their their uh, president came out in full support of Jim Harbaugh and his and his team like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And a lot of people were praising that. Now I'm thinking Santa Ono is going, oh, no, you know. What did I do? You know, will there be Christmas this year with Santa? You know, I mean, just right on down the line. It's just it's 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 been kind of crazy. But it's funny when the truth comes out. Right. When you've got to put your hand on the Bible and swear you'll tell the truth in court. It's funny what that does to a man. Right. Well, Santa Ono is is a complete and total clown. Uh, I mean, he ought to go to the game with with a with a with a clown nose, because I've I've rarely ever seen a, a college educator. And we all know. He's learned it, okay. Yeah, but but he's but he but he acted like a blithering idiot, uh, and that's what happens when you you go all in on on Jim Harbaugh. Uh, you know, I respect Ward Manuel more because I didn't really hear a whole lot from him because because he knows what he has in Jim Harbaugh, and I think that's why he probably uh, regrets not getting rid of him a couple of years ago. But it, I I don't want to just open up another. Uh, scab uh, or pull another scab with Michigan fans. But Tim, uh, I've said it many times and I'll say it again here. I, I've never seen a creepier, uh, more, uh, you know, tone deaf group of fans in my life. I, I know you're probably saying, I knew that 45 years ago. Yeah. Um, but, but, but I mean, just some of the stuff that they said uh, and, and there are a lot of people that are completely embarrassed, uh, humiliated, I might add. People in our industry who went all in on on Michigan because uh, we we now are starting to see the truth. We don't we don't even know the whole truth. Uh, but yeah. I'm, one of our one of our colleagues the other day on Thursday tweeted when Michigan uh, backed out out of the the TRO hearing. It's a win win. 
in what universe is that a win-win? Uh, I mean, that was a total, uh, complete and, and utter failure uh, by by the University of Michigan. And you, you've seen the same reports I have, but I mean, we are literally at the tip of the iceberg here. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that's what's intriguing to me is I, I I got on a I was on a radio show with somebody up there like four weeks ago, and I kept the guy was almost screaming at me, you know, and I'm just being really calm. I said, said, you don't understand. This isn't about sign stealing. Everybody tries to figure out what the other team is signaling. This is about violation of NCAA rule or rules. And uh, couldn't they couldn't grasp on that. And then, and then the other thing I tried to explain to people all along is when the NCAA knocks on your door and you're a, you're a coach, administrator, or player at an NCAA school, you're compelled to, to reveal things and tell them the truth or you get suspended or you don't get to play. You know what I mean? And it's like uh, uh, they just couldn't see it. I mean, they didn't think it was that big a deal. And I'm just going, it's never the thing that happens. It's the thing that happens when you try to like not let people know what happened, you know? And uh, that, that that is intriguing how they all galvanized. And now all of a sudden there's a capitulation feel, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I don't, I realize when you're on networks, you, 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 you tow the company line and all that, but it, but it, you know, you could do a, you could do a book on, on the comments made by people. And, and usually when you, when you see uh, what they say, you have to take it, with a grain of salt based on where they work. It's sad yeah. that's the world yeah. we live in. Uh, I get accused of it all the time about the SEC. I laugh at it because uh, you know, I, I can give you the names of some pretty well-known coaches in the SEC who, who don't think the same as Michigan fans. But I mean, Michigan fans, you ought to just go under a rock and hide because you're, you're all, you've all been humiliated. You may, you may beat Ohio State. Yeah. You may beat whatever high school team uh, the Big Ten provides for you. Uh, at the Big Ten championship game, and you you may even win it all, uh, but no no one who's objective about college sports is going to seriously recognize you as an untainted champion because you're not. Yeah, I mean that's just the honest truth. Hey, who intrigues you more, Connor Stallions, Chris Partridge, or Uncle T? Uncle T, of course. Uncle uh, T, of course. I mean, you know there there are a lot of Uncle T characters in college sports. Uh, and at some point you, you find out, and, and what, what the one thing you knew, cause you've been a newspaper reporter your whole life, something, somebody was going to turn. Yeah. They always do. And, and that's really Jim Harbaugh's nightmare for him to try to convince people that, you know, he sat in, in the big office and had no idea. I mean, football, football operations, they may be large at Michigan and Ohio State and Alabama and Georgia. There may be all kinds of people around, but the head coach knows everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like they, like you know, the old stories about Woody Hayes, the cops, if they arrested or got a player occasionally, they'd bring him to Woody's house, you know. And, sure. and that sounds really cool, except, you know, Woody would take care of him. That sounds really cool. And that didn't happen all the time, but – but the bottom line was it kept them from going to the, you know, to jail or prison. And so, you know, was, Tim, the coaches want to know, they want to yeah. know everything going on. That's the, they're control freaks. I mean, they're yeah. militaristic people. Yeah. Hey, um, Jim Harbaugh was, was, was uh, suspended for three games, three game days, not even three game days, three game, five hour windows, as opposed to three weeks. There's a big difference there, right? Do you, do you think that penalty was sufficient in this case? 
I think it, it wasn't to the degree that that the commissioner really didn't have much room. And, yeah. and I, I applaud Tony Petiti. I, I think he, he he's looked uh, exemplary in all this for his first time out. He, he you know, he, he stood up against that mob. Uh, I, I mean, he, he knows what they said. And you know, if he has to you know give the trophy in two weeks, what does he care? Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Um, and I, I think he, I, I think by do it, by containing it, he sent a message but he also knows that at some point this case will be adjudicated. Uh, you know, I don't think Jim Harbaugh will be around when it is, but I won't forget and you won't forget and college football fans won't forget. Yeah. How does Jim Harbaugh get up? Get, everybody keeps thinking he's saying he's going to go to the NFL. You know, that's, that's his big out. And I'm just going, there's a big difference between recruiting violations and having a stain on you that you were over a program that actually, cheated in in terms of the actual gameplay you know what i mean uh, yeah what what is his out here in from your from your vantage point from afar well i think i think we we talk about the nfl and i've been out there doing it only because he was successful in the nfl yeah uh and i think that carries a lot of weight and and tim you you met some of these owners they don't care yeah. uh i mean they don't care about anything uh yeah. i mean they're cold-blooded uh you know people who have made billions of dollars uh the old-fashioned way by by destroying their opposition yeah yeah w that's what they that's what that's what they want yeah. they want w you know just and if you're going to break the rules they will they will say i don't want to know about it <laughs> yeah all right exactly last thing i wanted to ask you uh you know like in a boxing match once the once the boxers step into the rings, they're basically in their underwear with gloves on. You know, there's no hiding. Uh, football, college football is exactly the same way. Once the teams step across the lines onto the field of play. What's your take on this game from the standpoint of who you got in this one, Paul? Uh, I'm, I'm really torn. Uh, I've been all over Ohio State these last couple of years, and I must uh, offer this to you, Tim. The, the last two years, uh, I mean, I, I got on uh, – Greenberg show two years ago yeah and said Ohio State will win I said Jim Harbaugh can coach for 150 years he's not going to win and I I I, you know, I laughed about it but I, I doubled down la the next year uh yeah and it, it stings uh because I I really uh I I I, I like Ohio State you know that I know yeah. a lot of Ohio State people but, but I, I felt badly last year walking out of the the stadium in Atlanta because I, I felt like Ohio State deserved to win that game so I'd like to see Ohio State get back in the playoffs I, I'm a, but it's just I just feel like and I, I don't have a great feel it's too early for me but because I don't I don't I don't know what other thing is going to fall out of the yeah the, the closet uh by, by next Saturday but I, I have a sl slight lean toward Michigan and it could be Tim that I just want to see them get in the playoffs and get humiliated again by by, by an SEC school. I, in some ways, I want that. I, I don't want that for 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 Ohio State because yeah. I respect the Ohio State program. I don't respect the Michigan program, and I'd like to see uh, Kirby Kirby Smart, uh, like like the great Larry Munson once said, you know, you know, step on their face with a hobnail boot. Hobnail boot, yeah, that's one of the great. <laughs> by the way, uh, do you think the College Football Playoff Committee will take into consideration what's been revealed here? I mean, now that Michigan has accepted punishment and uh, they know, did, will that have any bearing on, on who their will, final four is? I think, uh, you know, in spite of what they say, I think the only time it will have a bearing is if Ohio State wins the game. I mean, yeah. let's say it's a it's a 
40-yard field goal. Uh, I, I, I don't think they'll put, I don't, I don't think they'll put Michigan in. Uh, and quite frankly, what, why would they put Michigan in? Uh, I mean, they, they played no one. Uh, they've done nothing. And, and I, I think, I think that's the way they send the message, but you know, if, if Michigan wins, then, you know, it's a fait accompli. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the, they, they have the singular best win of the year in college football. I think it's a, it's a far more interesting conversation if, if Ohio state's on the losing end by, by the same by the by the same number. Feel like it feels like we've been there before. Yeah. Hey, one last follow up, and I'll let you go because I appreciate you. You just talked about you know feeling good about Ohio State versus Michigan two years ago, and then last year uh, you doubled down. Do you feel like those games in your mind now that you look back on this whole situation? Do you feel like also well maybe I don't feel as bad as I did because maybe things were tainted? I mean, I, how does a fan look at? <clears throat> how should a fan look at this? I think if you're true to your to your feelings, there's no way you can look at what Michigan has done the last two years and feel good about those those wins. Uh, you know, I've I had a conversation with a former Heisman Trophy winner at Michigan a couple of days ago, and you know, he was telling me on TV that you know yeah. uh, recruiting and all the great players. Well, they have a lot of great players, but you know what? So does Ohio State. Yeah, uh, and there has to be a reason. There has to be an explanation of why Ohio State. Uh, you know, look so poor. I, I re- it, it would be great. It would be justice if Ohio State went in there and and did what we we said a minute ago. And then then I th- that would be the clearest indication of what I know a lot of your fans believe in Ohio that Michigan cannot win this game honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, Paul Feinbaum, thanks for joining me again, and happy Thanksgiving, my man. Tim, it's always a pleasure. Happy Thanksgiving, and uh, can't wait to see you. You got that right. See you down the road, man. Thank you. Like I said, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Feinbaum doesn't pull any punches. And uh, I think Ohio State fans kind of like it when he uh, seems to be saying good things about Ohio State. What do you what do you think there, Matt? Uh, I agree completely. And it's something that I've, you know, both monitored from afar and when I can tune in. And it's uh, when when it's Feinbaum with a with a, you know, kind of a headline, something about the, the, the cheating scandal. Um, I click and watch that short video. <laughs> yeah. Then I go to you. Then I go to YouTube because it's, it's uh, again. It's, there's a steamroll effect for us as Buckeye fans who want, uh, you know, the hammer brought down on everything going on at Michigan. And I think as a national pundit, uh, Paul Feinbaum, you know, as a, a college football expert, uh, not only in the SEC anymore, but now nationally, has been kind of leading the charge on, you know, I'll say the, the depth and the negativity and being very opinionated on what he feels should happen yeah. uh, to this team. Um, I don't read into, you know, all that, all of what, because that's not, you know, the NCAA and the big 10 and there's, I think time will let all those things play out, but uh, it's definitely going to be a factor. And I think, you know, getting back to, you know, not only fine bombs narrative, but watching Michigan against Penn state uh, eventually Michigan, you know, overtook Penn state watching them, you know, ahead of our game this week against Maryland, it was, and I'm, my mind says, it's not as easy for Michigan as it has always looked this year. Is that because they're not getting, you know, they're not, they don't have signs, Maryland signs. Uh, and, and, and I also, I take a very optimistic approach as it pertains to us, that if they've had our signs the last two years, that things should, we're a better team. We're a different team. Yeah. And if they don't have our signs, you, you know, you're kind of like, you have some optimism associated with it. Uh, but I'll be, I'll be honest as, as a Buckeye former player, um, I was pessimistic about Ohio State for a long time, although we've been undefeated, and it had a lot to do with just the, the clunky offense. 
And, you know, and, and but I mean, our de- our defense just, you know, again, over time has stayed very level. They haven't been very, very high or low. And I think the last two weeks, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the offensive performances by, you know, McCord and Travion Henderson. And then uh, lastly, I'll say the one thing that I think even preseason or ahead of Notre Dame that I was uh, that's making us more dangerous defensively is we're very sound as a defense. We tackle very well. Uh, with Denzel Burke and Matthews and Proctor and Igbenosin on the back end. They're solid, you know, and can play great at times. Uh, they will be stressed by this defense and play action scenarios. But uh, but up front, you know, Tyleek Williams has been a dude all, all year. You know, he might not be the flashiest, sexiest player, but he's a dude. Uh, and then I think the kind of the, the yin and the yang, the guys that have been most critical of early in the season was, you know, uh, JTT and Jack Sawyer. And both of them over the last six to seven games have had their moments where, you know, either one or the other has been, you know, in line for a defensive player of the game type uh, accreditation. Uh, we saw Sawyer do it last week. And that's a positive sign that you, we hope, you know, there's, it's been, this fire has been building, you know, with all of these guys finally, and having taken it on the chin, you got to figure, you know, JTT and, 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 and Jack Sawyer and all those other guys in that class are 0-2 against that team up north. Yeah, and they, they want to get that set of gold pants that they've heard so much about that they wanted to come here to compete in this rivalry, well, and this is an amazing opportunity to do it out on the road. Yeah, hold your thought now. Let's get one. Let's get a, let's get a, let's get a uh, the thoughts from John U. Bacon, who's been a longtime historian, more you know as much as anything else with the Michigan program, and he's got it pretty much plays it right down the middle. Is pretty straightforward in his takes. Let's get John U. Bacon's take on this game uh, from a interview I did with him a short time ago. John U. Bacon, man, you can't have Thanksgiving week without some bacon. John U. Bacon, uh, welcome back once again to the Tim May Show, the aficionado of all things Michigan sports, especially Michigan football, uh, et cetera. You've been in the news lately. (laughs) So is Michigan football. Also, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, an author extraordinaire, New York extraordinaire, New York Times uh, bestseller list, uh, you know, and he's got a new book coming out about the Edmund Fitzgerald. And I think I've heard, based on that theme, you might have another book coming out about Jim Harbaugh after that. Well, what, what, am I am I getting my, you know, a lot of, a lot of false things have come out, you know, uh, the last several weeks, John U. Bacon. Is that is that accurate? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's a constant challenge in this never-ending story to try to sift through yes. what's real and what's BS. And there's plenty of both. Uh, but there's no question that we can say whatever the clouds are around that when Michigan came out 10 days ago with a fire breathing 10 page letter from the attorneys and Ward Manuel who signed it. Um, very, very powerful, very persuasive, not backing off one inch and basically accusing the Big Ten of not following its own rules yeah. and very eagerly awaiting Michigan's day in court. And then the night before that day of court is going to come, they back off and they compromise by entirely accepting the three game suspension, which is not much of a compromise. And then we learned out, we learned why, and that it looks to be Chris Partridge, the linebackers coach, uh, had been accused of uh, telling the players not to cooperate, I think is how it all breaks down, with the NCAA, whatever role otherwise he might have had, who knows. Harbaugh so far has not been implicated in this, and the Big Ten and the NCAA have been quick to say that. But that's only going to help him so much based on rule 11.1.1.1. Tracking me so far, Tim. I know you know this one. Oh, yeah. But 
It's the captain of the ship rule, which says that doesn't matter. And that was passed in January of 23, uh, 10 months ago. And that one has not been tested yet, but it's about to get tested is my guess. Who was the, uh, who was the captain of the Exxon Valdez? The name escapes me. Uh, I, I, you, you embarrass me now because that's in my notes. Cause yes, I am writing a book on the Edmund Fitzgerald, which comes out in 2025, the 50th anniversary. So that guy's name is in my damn notes because after yeah. that, uh apparently drugs and alcohol on board were no longer acceptable yeah exactly exactly yeah you got to pass the sniff test to uh be a to be exactly. a war admiral um yeah john just you you personally you you know you i i, I think it's it's right to call you a michigan fan i mean you, you you've grown up michigan mm. uh etc you've done books about michigan football that are just ridiculously uh detailed etc some great books uh out there and lead from what's what's the name of the book that i really like those about your your youth hockey uh yeah let them lead let unexpected them. lessons in leadership from america's worst high school hockey team yes coached by yours truly the worst player in school history so there's the combination you're looking for tim yes exactly yeah, that one's done I mean, very well and it's still doing very well we just started our second printing so that's i was good. gonna say man it, one of the great books i've ever read and stuff and i also Thanks, like man. the halifax explosion uh right on down the line but uh right now at this moment in this whole uh scenario that's gone on with michigan football over the last month month and a half are you as a michigan fan are you are you right now going through the embarrassment phase what what phase are you in and then kind of tell me what you think the the fan base up there have they have they now shifted from it's ohio state's fault ryan day and his family's fault which turned out to be total bs and uh shoot there should be some kind of form of slander filed by the by Ryan Day and his family about that whole mess. Uh, but where are you now in the you know in the what phase are you in as a as a big time uh, loyal Michigan backer, but also a guy who's always told it like it is. I appreciate that. Uh, I think a lot of folks would probably disagree with you about me being a Michigan fan. I mean, certainly I was born well, and raised true. in Harvard, yeah, yeah. went to Michigan, but uh, you're looking at the only reporter in the history of the University of Michigan to get his press pass pulled yeah. for three years. So I know at least one AD that would disagree with you and probably one former head coach uh, and a few others that would disagree with you as well. well wait a minute, let me interrupt. You were a fan of Michigan, that's, but you weren't necessarily a fan of them. Now go ahead. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. And yeah. uh, I gave a speech called the Hovey Lecture. Uh, at the University of Michigan, the uh, uh, Department of Journalism, uh, the Net Wallace uh, Fellowship, where my the director said, that he named my speech for me, uh, how to critically cover something that you love. I think both those are fair to say. Yes. I do love University of Michigan, but it's not, I've never spared him anything. Um, so in fact, I'd argue that usually when bad news comes out of Michigan, I'm one of the very first guys to report it. So yes. I'm the first one. Yes. Uh, but in this case, I would say, it's hard to get a strong handle on we, we know one thing as far as the extremes go um this is not going to be a zero that michigan's going to pay a price almost certainly um we don't know what it's going to be um and on that scale of course i know how ohio state fans think and probably michigan state fans as well uh, michigan fans obviously feel very differently but the catch to this rule as we both know this rule started in 1994 rule 16.1.1 i believe it is no 11.6.1, there we go. Yeah. Um, that has only been tested once in 29 years by Baylor, assistant coach who got half a game suspension. So there's no sentencing guidelines, if you will, for this one. There's no precedent set in terms of how this one's going to play out, whereas other, you know, 
NCAA, NCAA, NCAA rules are category you know one or category two and they have a sense of how it's going to go we have no sense this time uh what they're going to find um harbaugh it sounds like it's not implicated but as we talked about before tim rule 11.1.1.1 stick with me here uh that's the captain of the ship rule and that just passed in january of this year it's also not been tested but that definitely is going to apply here it might mitigate the michigan's punishment somewhat and certainly jim's punishment if he can show that he had no knowledge um, but it's not gonna it's not gonna get Michigan off the hook, that's for sure. Yeah. Yes, ironic, like I said, that you're doing that you're you've got a great book coming out about the Edmund Fitzgerald. And uh, I'm sure there's great detail in there and great detail about what the captain did or mm. should have done, should have known, should have done, but when it went down, you know, it was under his aegis. Is that the correct term? Did I use that correctly, that word? You, you did. My Texas uh, friend. Now spell it. And there's the yeah, hard part. A-E-G-I-S. Did I get that right? That's right. That's, of course yeah. you did. Come on, uh, you're professional. And, of course, everybody remembers the Exxon Valdez, the, the, the captain's name. I still can't remember. Uh, it's in my – man, you embarrassed me. It's in my notes somewhere. Yeah, of course it's, it's it is. Computer. Of course it is. Um, uh, that's the precedent that uh, being high and drunk is not good for a captain. That's – Yeah. That's yeah. now one kick. Yeah. What what could go wrong? You know, I'm not going to ask you whether you believe uh, Harbaugh knew about or shouldn't have. I don't uh, know. Um, I'm not going to ask you whether I'm not, you know, I'm not going to ask you that. I mean, I, here's what I want to know just from what you've researched so far. Hmm. I, I, I don't, I didn't understand the president of the university, Santa Ono, uh, steadfastly sticking by his men and man uh, three or four weeks ago. Uh, and then, of course, uh, so is Ward Manuel, the athletic director. Where I'm confused is if this had happened, like Bo Schimbeckler said, if you didn't know, you should know, you know, way back when. You've seen that quote dug up. But Well, I've seen that quote. I wrote that quote. That's with ex- both exactly, lessons. Exactly. <laughs> so, and then number three, why you didn't march right into Jim Harbaugh's office and go, we got a problem here. Is this true? Uh I need to see A, B, C, and D, and E, F, G, and H, and I in this in the meeting room, which I'm sure is swanky in the in the Bochenbeckler Hall. I need to see them immediately. Is this true? You know what I mean? From your from your reporting, et cetera, and knowledge of uh, of sources up there, did that happen? I don't know. Uh, I don't think the way you describe it happened. Um, so you probably guessed correctly on that front. Uh, I think the trick for Michigan is uh, Harbaugh has steadfastly maintained throughout that he knows nothing about this. Um, and so far, the NCAA and the Big Ten have backed him on that. So initially, it seemed like perhaps is this Connor Stallions, a clearly overeager staffer um, who wrote a 550 page manifesto, called a manifesto, I believe, on how he's going to transform Michigan football. That guy's a bit eccentric. Obviously, I don't know him, um, so I can't really speak too much about him personally. But uh, you're going to hire a guy like that who's a bit of an outlier. You better watch him carefully. And that's that, I think, is what Santa Ono believed at first, is that it's just him alone. Now, with Chris, Chris Partridge involved, it gets a little more layered. Uh, we still don't know who else is involved in the signal stealing itself. So far, that I can see, uh, Connor Stallions is still it. But again, the captain of the ship rule is still going to supersede all else. So yeah, yeah. that's where it comes from. Yeah. Um, now with the, with the Big Ten, that's one thing Michigan did get out of the compromise, if you will, 
the three game deal is that Big Ten drops its own investigation, which really wasn't going anywhere anyway because right. they don't have an arm for that. Um, but that means now what happens next? That we're in this very weird uh, purgatory, I think, that uh, we know that NCAA, we know how slow they are. It took 14 months to figure out the Michigan stretched 15 minutes too much a week under Rich Rodriguez. Um, and in this case, they've not even given Michigan their 90-day notice yet, which gives them 90 days beyond that. So we know just from that math alone, this yeah. is going to not be resolved until after the season. Now that puts everybody in an awkward position. Is Michigan going to be penalized after the fact and perhaps have to vacate a Big Ten title or a national title? Um, or do you let it ride? And so far, the CFP has let it, you know, say, let it ride. Uh, but I, I believe this with the game coming up. I think Ohio State might get there as a one-loss team. I don't think Michigan can, um, based on two things. One, they've beaten one top 10 opponent, and if they lose to Ohio State, they're one for one versus top 10. Yeah. Uh, the only two teams in their, in their list in the top 25. Uh, and two, of course, when in doubt, if you're a four or five or six team, why risk the baggage? So I think Michigan will not lose the, the, the smell test, if you will, yeah. it comes down to that, whereas Ohio State could. There's going to be a lot of deserving one-loss teams out there, it looks like, when this thing finally – Always are, man. Always are. I know. I know. I know. And it, the solution there, of course, is don't be one of them. Yes. Don't lose. <laughs> I wanted to – I kind of asked you this a little while ago. I'm going to ask you again, though. Are you, as a as a Michigan as a Michigan fan – I mean, Rich Eisen, you know, had, had some pretty poignant uh, comments at the end of the week last week after, you know, it came down that Michigan was going to accept a three-game suspension for their coach. And, by the way, three games – uh, that means he's, he can even be around the team on game day. He just can't be in the stadium, right? Their facilities. I mean, he was there in Maryland last week. I mean, I mean, it should have been, in my opinion, at least a three-week suspension, not three-game window suspensions is really what it boils down to, which I, I think is a joke. Uh, but are you at all embarrassed about this? I mean, uh, or you have friends. Do you have friends who are big Michigan fans? Are they now – turning and kind of going, boy, we really stood up for a Michigan and our guy and everything. And now all of a sudden they accepted, you know, they accepted they were going uh, 50 and a 30, you know, I mean, you know what I mean? Or, or is the, I, is I the, can say objectively, is the fandom most, shifting on this. Go ahead. Despite people's responses on Twitter, which usually are, yeah. I always say you, a lot of good Buckeyes I engage with and Spartans and so on. And that, that I enjoy greatly, but you always get the outliers, of course, the jackasses thinking, oh, I can't sleep at night. No, I'm fine. Um, and I was fine during Rich Rod era. I was fine during all these eras. I mean, I don't lose sleep over Michigan football. I really don't. Yeah. I lose sleep yeah. over my deadlines. I can say that. Yeah. yeah. I should have uh, said but, you. I'm, you know what I'm talking about. No, talking I get it. But as far as Michigan fans go, uh, the range is a lot of anger, uh, a lot of perhaps self-righteous anger, uh, and now some embarrassment. Um, the backing off of the court case, man, they're – the fans, like that letter, were champing at the bit for that opportunity. I knew a lot of people who were going to go to the court that day just to see it. Yeah. Um, as, as fans, basically. Yeah. Um, and then when Michigan says, you know, just kidding, that that was not well received, as you might imagine. And then, of course, you throw in a, a scary Maryland game where Michigan barely escaped, essentially. And what looked like a, a confident Michigan victory 10 days ago does not appear so now. And I'd also say this about the punishment. Okay, fair point. Uh, but it's going to be the NCAA who really punishes Michigan one way or the other. Yeah. Um, so whatever the Big Ten is doing is sort of symbolic. Uh, but I got to say, uh, Sharon Moore is a hell of a coach and a hell of a guy. 
and he's done a good job in a lot of ways. And it's his offensive line that has won the Moore Trophy the last two years, uh, unprecedented, of course, two years in a row. But he's not a quarterback, and he's not a quarterback coach. And having Harbaugh there, I think, does calm J.J. McCarthy down quite a bit. And you see him look pretty jittery yep. uh, versus Maryland uh, and, 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 and to some degree uh, versus Penn State. Of course, he didn't pass the ball for the last 32 plays. So I guess that speaks for itself. And that worked. That was, very, that was a gutsy move on Moore's part and very effective. But I do think going into the Ohio State game, man, I'm sorry. There's no game that prepares you for that game. And I recall eons ago, John Falk, the legendary Michigan equipment manager, warning Rick Leach in the 70s, the four-year quarterback, you better strap on your uh, your chin strap a little tighter this time. And Rick says, uh, what are you talking about? We've already played all these other teams. And Rick came back after the first series. Well, I got it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, exactly. the pressure of this game is unlike any other. And I think that uh, to have a calm force talking to your quarterback – is a huge help, and they're going to be missing that this Saturday. Yeah. Hey, I'll ask you if you don't if you don't want to answer, that's fine. Because, like I said, you've chronicled Michigan football. Hey, hey, Tim, you know damn well I'm going to answer a damn question, yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> you've known Michigan football forever. This is just a straightforward question because everybody keeps asking me this, you know. And I'm going, mm. man, I've covered Ohio State number one. I mean, uh, yeah, I sat my uh, eight feet from Jim Harbaugh when he uh, made the declaration, uh, the uh, the guarantee of victory in '86, because I was up yeah. there oh, yeah. to cover that. And uh, but is Jim Harbaugh the Ohio- the Michigan head coach next year? What's your take on that? Because everybody keeps asking me that, and I go, you know, I would think it's going to be tough in all kinds of ways. Uh, that this doesn't that this goes that this doesn't to think this doesn't go poorly for Michigan as this as this like you said as computer stuff is you didn't say that but as computer stuff is further revealed etc how deep mm-hmm. did this plot go this pot and plot go etc I think that uh, first of all I don't know and I don't think Harbaugh knows yet uh, if he's going to come back or not. Um, I would say that the obvious, that I think the odds have gone down month by month. Now in October, I did have two high-ranking Michigan officials tell me that we'll have a contract done by the end of the month, and then this thing crops up, and now I've not seen a contract, and right. apparently need Harbaugh. Uh, so that's, uh, add that as a factor here. Um, and also it depends on you know how big the penalty for Harbaugh is going to be. But I think the biggest factor for Harbaugh coming back or not coming back is not the NCAA, it's Ward Manuel, the athletic director. Now, so far, Michigan has backed Harbaugh quite strongly until a couple of days ago. Um, but if Ward Manuel gives Jim the, the bear hug, that goes a long way. It's not a secret. I think it's the worst kept secret in Ann Arbor, at least, at least Michigan, maybe, that those two are not friends and they don't get along. Yeah. Um, and that's a factor. Um, I think if what Santa Ono did for Harbaugh before last Friday's pullback, um, probably matters more to Jim than any number you can put on a contract. And watching how Harbaugh got to Michigan in the first place, he turned down more money from the Oakland Raiders, Chicago Bears, New York Jets at that time in 2014 uh, because Michigan gave him the bear hug. The previous AD, Jim Hackett, that's what he did. Yep. And that matters more to Jim usually than the number. And right now, the number's probably going to be there in some form. But will the bear hug be, be there? Not sure. And at some point also, if the NCAA is crawling around you – what time do you say, screw this, there's no NCAA in the NFL, there's no recruiting, there's no this, there's no that. Uh, I would have to think that that becomes more appealing each time. And the Bears have got an open job, and 
Oakland Raiders, who've always liked Jim, he's their former quarterback coach under Al Davis. Um, it's not hard to imagine where he might go. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's what Pete Carroll said. <laughs> well, it might be some parallels. We'll see. Parallel, yeah. Hey, uh, we're going to talk about the game, I promise you, in just a minute. But I want to ask one other thing. Uh, did Do you think Santa Ono regrets what – you know, his statement and stuff like of a few weeks ago until the smoke cleared on this thing. Do you, do you think he regrets? Uh, I don't think the smoke is cleared yet. Um, I'll say this. He's not said anything like it since. Yes. Um, so I've not talked to him. I've had a little bit of contact over the last year and a half or so with Santa Ona, uh, who's read my books. God bless him. Um, but, uh, but he said nothing else like it since. Now, see what happens next. Uh, but for the next eight days, seven days, of course, Jim Harbaugh is not the head coach, essentially. Yeah. Um, so, and by the way, on the game, might as well jump to it. Um, yeah, let's go. Is this, is that this game, you and I have been covering this stuff for a long time, and you you started covering this stuff when I was a college senior for crying out loud. So, yeah, there we are. Uh, you must have been a young buck out there, man, 29 oh, years well, old. Man. So. See, how, see how young I still am? Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um Look, this game is – I've never seen a game of this stakes, uh, Michigan-Ohio State. I suppose 69 before I was aware of what the hell was going on, Bo versus Woody. But this game, fairly or not, accurately or not, is going to play as a triple game because if Ohio State wins it, the claim is going to be, well, yeah, when Michigan's cheating, we can't beat them, but when they're not cheating, we beat them every time, which, is, which would otherwise be the case. <laughs> uh, if Michigan wins this game without their head coach and – Clearly no signal stealing this time around because everyone's changed him and uh, Connor Stallings is gone and Chris Partridge is now gone and so on. Michigan can claim, see, it was all BS the whole time. It makes no difference. We beat you straight up and blah, blah, blah. So yeah. this game is going to play – this game is going to validate or invalidate the last two games, fairly or not, that's how it's going to play. So yeah. the stakes here could not be much bigger. Plus, throwing two 11-0s, two top fours, Big Ten title – almost a, a cakewalk through whoever the hell's in the West. I guess it's Iowa now. Um, whoever that is, I mean, they're going to be a one, two, or three seed and not a four seed in the college football playoffs. So I'd say a one or two seed probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've never seen stakes like this. I really haven't. Yeah. Well, 06 was pretty big because the winner was going to go to the uh, That's right. Automatically. Know, BCS championship game. Uh, and you're, you're exactly right. The stakes have rarely been this high. This should be the game of the century two. <laughs> right, because right. was the game of the century. It's a little early to be calling something the game of the whatever of the century when the century just started. <laughs> it is twenty three. We're not even a quarter into it, right? Yeah. Now you, you know, now you could call this one the game of the century, and you'd say, "Oh, we were a little uh, hasty there in 06. <laughs> but dude, I mean, you know, with Bo Beckler dying the day before in '06, and and all that, can you just thought nothing's going to ever top this from a pre oh. pre game. Uh, just whatever you want build up to that game that was so crazy and now this is crazier because mm -hmm. now you've got a team not just fighting for a victory but fighting for its uh fighting for its uh reputation in Michigan and you've got another team with a chip on its shoulder and it's been added a chip on its shoulder is like how much was Michigan aided by whatever was going on for the last two years and who who can put a who can put a number on that and stuff, but it was very interesting to watch Michigan have trouble with Maryland last week. Very interesting. That said, they had trouble with Illinois the year before, 
escape right. the last second field goal and then beat Ohio State. So who I never look at things like in college football as harbingers for what's going to come next. You know what I mean? Uh, but this is a really good Michigan football team as opposed to badminton team. Uh, you've been around it for as long as for almost as long as I've been covering sports. <laughs> uh, how good a team is this one compared to the ones you've seen in the past? Uh, the complaint, of course, throughout the season was, okay, they look great and they're passing the eye test and they're, you know, nine and 0, 10 and 0 and so on. Uh, but who have they played? Yeah. And that's they, legit. It is legit. Absolutely. I mean, not a single top 25 team until they played Penn state. Um, and, uh, they look pretty good against Penn State in many ways. And again, just jamming the yeah. ball down their throats is always impressive, of course. Yeah. Uh, but against Maryland, they looked entirely human and clearly the better team. And maybe a few plays, you know, make a big difference. But so what? That's football. Yes. Um, I thought the offensive line uh, has looked more uh, mortal the last two games than the immortal line of the last two years where you can just push and push and all kinds of time back there for the quarterback. Uh, they could not contain uh penn state on the right tackle um so they got out of the, the passing game very quickly that's not an option versus ohio state they're gonna jj mccarthy is gonna have to pass like it or not in that game they have to find a way if they have to shore up their offensive line somewhere they they will have to do that um jj mccarthy himself is i think a little banged up i don't know the details and in college football you don't have to say but yeah i've seen him, i've seen him limping on and off uh bowling green third game i think it was i saw him do it again uh against maryland um and then, it's of course, like Wilson court. was out, yeah. but now yeah. he's back in. Yeah. Um, if you'd asked me before Penn State, who's going to win the Michigan-Ohio State game, I'd say Michigan by 10. Wow. Um, so I thought Ohio State, this is not – I mean, we've seen a lot of great Ohio State teams the last quarter, well, my whole life. Uh, but, man, the ones that Urban Meyer had in the first couple of years, Ryan Day, looked like just utterly dominant teams. This, to me, looks like a very good Ohio State team, but dominant, I don't see that yet. Um, but they look pretty good over the weekend. And against Minnesota, so they're playing their best football at the right time. I'm not sure if Michigan is. Having said that, I got fooled last year uh, yeah. after the Illinois game. So that this game puts some voodoo on people. We've seen that many times. I give you the 90s when all those undefeated top one, two, three teams of Ohio State somehow lost a you know a nine and three Michigan teams. Um, wait, but, wait, let me ask quick. Is there a yeah. statue to Tim Biakabatuka yet? Uh, <laughs> Hall. Go ahead now. My favorite story about that is nobody could pronounce that guy's name before that game, and now yeah. everyone could spell it yeah. by the end of that game. So that that's, rolled off the tongue after that. game. Well, honestly, I mean, yeah, Michigan fans knew about the guy, but did anyone else know about that guy before that right. game? It's it's got a way. Archie Griffin's brother Ray Griffin. There's a memory for you right there. Yes, I think I was seventy five. So yes, these yes. things pop back into my head. So Archie, okay, he's gonna beat you. His brother, oh man. <laughs> yeah. So I, there's always some odd hero out of these games. Right now, I think it's a complete slugfest. I think it's 27-24 somebody. Uh, one factor no one ever talks about, Jake Moody was one of the best kickers of all time that Michigan ever had, and that guy was money. Yeah. Um, who they have now, he's done well. Uh, but in that kind of game with some wind and all that, is, is it a sure thing? Not the way it used to be. You know, you can't talk about the Michigan High State game without talking about history because that's what makes it what it is. Right. Uh, I was – privileged uh the 1973 ohio state team uh, had a had a uh, get together a reunion 
uh, on, on, on homecoming weekend this year. And I, I was privileged. They asked me to come talk to them, you know, like, Hey, you yeah. guys were really good. Hey, mm-hmm. hey, Archie Griffin, John, John Hicks, of course, passed away, but John, you made John Hicks what he I is. I love that guy. Yeah, absolutely. John I, Hicks I sat with John Hicks in one of those functions, by the way, says, come, come sit over here. Oh, you me a little bit and so on. One of the sweetest, nicest guys you'll ever meet. Yes. Uh, that to me is what that rivalry is about at his best. Yes. Uh, I emceed a, a small gathering of about 10 guys on both sides of 73. It's Tom Sladaney and Archie Griffin and so on. I consider these guys friends. Yeah. Uh, they're great guys. Uh, I mean, for that one game, they hated Michigan with all their might and Michigan returned the favor. Um, but man, how many guys can understand what it's like to be in that game? I guarantee you, no matter how good a player you were at Purdue or Indiana, you got no idea yeah. uh, what it's like to, to put, them, put on the shoes for that one. Yeah. But what I was getting to here, John, right. right now, as we said, as we record this, and nothing's going to change on this front, Michigan has given up nine points a game per average. Ohio State's given up 9.2, 9.2 points <laughs> per game per average, very much like the 1973 teams. Uh, they're they the only two teams in America that are giving up fewer than double-digit points you understand what i'm saying the way you judge defense finally is how many points do you give up right i mean that's right that's the judge of defense they've gotten it done by hook or crook uh finally as we analyze this going into it do you what do you anticipate on saturday do you anticipate both teams letting it all hang out and uh, ryan day has pretty much said yeah you got to go into this just you know not holding your team back you know throwing throwing the punches that you got to throw uh because i think he felt like he came out of that game last year and was too conservative. You know, people forget Ohio State had the lead at halftime last year and right. was built too conservative in that game. And you saw the way Ohio State played against Georgia was the opposite of that, almost pulled that one out. But the bottom line, what do you anticipate Saturday against the number two, uh, the game between number two Ohio State, number three uh, Michigan in the college football rankings? Do you anticipate a low-scoring game? or a medium scoring game or a high scoring game with so much on the line? I would say medium and maybe medium to high. Uh, I think great defenses are going to be a huge factor here, but I think Ryan Day is right. I think that both teams have got to come out with both barrels. Um, I, I see it more like 2006, the 42 to 39 classic. And if that was the game of the century, one versus two undefeated and so on, that game delivered. Now, obviously Michigan fans aren't wild about how it finished, but wow. What a game. game, And I got to tell you, it was not a game of mistakes. That game was play after play after play. Offense, defense, both teams, exactly. Haymakers on both sides. Uh, It was just spectacular football. And I'm not sure if this can be spectacular football, but I think it's going to be a lot of balance on offense and defense, a lot of balance on on passing versus running on both both sides. Look, in Michigan's case, it's very simple. It rides on J.J. McCarthy. It really does. Um, yeah. he's healthy enough and he can, and he has to be able to run also to keep Ohio State honest. Um, if he can do that and then you got Quorum and, uh, uh, Donovan Edwards, Donovan Edwards he got yeah. real shot. and Roman Wilson, by the way, you saw what they looked like without him, not nearly good enough. Uh, he's gotta be, and they say he's healthy. Yeah. Um, he's gotta be playing well and, and, and be in there often. So it's, uh, it's not a game that is the opposite of the Michigan Penn State game. There's no way in hell. They can go in there and run the ball 32 times and win that game. No yeah. way. Yeah. All right. Last thing. What impresses you about this Ohio State team? You know, I mean, uh, I wrote a story about it for Letterman Row uh, earlier this week. The defense obviously had the chip on his shoulder. 
based on what happened last year, the thoughts of that game, the second half of that game has, has fueled them. Uh, thoughts, you know, dreams, nightmares, whatever you want to call it, has fueled this defense. It has clearly turned around. Like I just gave you the main stat a while ago, you know, 9.2 points per game. Nobody scored more than two touchdowns against Ohio State this year. The last two teams of the last two teams, Michigan State and Minnesota, which not should not be confused with Michigan, but the last two teams have neither one of them has gotten past the 30 yard line or 28 yard mm-hmm. line. Uh that's a crazy stat when you think about it. It is offensively. Uh they've given up just two field goals each, one field goal each of the last two games, which has kept and they were over 50 yards each. <laughs> or otherwise they'd be going in on two straight shutouts. But what what just when you think about this, the 2023 Ohio State team, what what's the first thing that comes to mind? Either a name or a, a segment. Off the top of my head, if you're asking that, Marvin Harrison Jr., because there's no no one else like him in, in the country. Uh, he's proven that time and time out. And when you're that heralded, a wide receiver, man, you're getting all kinds of attention. You're not hiding. You're not you know sleeping through this thing. Um, and and he still delivers every game. So yep. that guy, I don't know yet. Michigan seen nothing like him until last, <laughs> since last year. Uh, so it'll be a hell of a challenge for Mike Sainer still and others. Can you contain him when you know they're going that direction? That's one thing. Second of all, the one reason I love, I love this rivalry for a lot of reasons, but one of them is the game is played the last Saturday, more or less, in November. It's the last game of the year. Man, whatever you were doing in September doesn't matter now. So Michigan-Notre Dame game in the old days, and I know Ohio State's played Texas and some other teams early on. It's a, it's a mistake-filled game, and you know fewest mistakes win. This, this game is not. So I see Ohio State playing their best football at the right time. If you ask me in mid-October, I would say Michigan's clearly the better team. Right now, about a toss-up, near as I can figure. And so what impresses me is that they tuned out all the noise, and they've just gotten better and better bit by bit. Uh, Offense is defense, uh, is decent. Your quarterback is, not your quarterback, but Ohio State's quarterback has improved, improved enough to unleash Harrison. But it's the defense that Michigan, defense versus J.J., there's your game, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, this will be the best defense Michigan's gone against at least statistically all year. Uh, yeah. Although Penn State's right there, but of course Ohio State played Penn State, so push, you know, in that regard. Right. And I tell you what, what's really made a difference, and you'll see it, uh, maybe, is Travion Henderson is finally healthy again. In the last couple of games, man, he's, you know, good point. Yeah, uh, he, and, he's uh, been on, he's been seventy percent or whatever for a good chunk of the season, and now the wheels are spinning. So. Yeah, I mean, when you add that to the threat of of um, Marvin Harrison, Harrison Jr. and the receiving core plus Cade Stover, the tight end, this is as complete as Ohio State has been all year uh, going into this one. So, and then by the way, Luka, back back it up for a second. Stover, no one talk. Well, yeah, no one nationally talks about him. You guys do, of course, down in Columbus. Uh, but okay, Harrison and now Travion, you right is playing. I didn't realize that the health issue was such a big deal. And Agbuka, Amika Agbuka's back 100. It looks like her right. close to it. Yeah. But I think uh, tight end man in a game like this can make a big yeah. difference. Oh yeah. If you got you know three levels of threat, that will by, be by far Michigan's biggest challenge this year. So yeah, yeah. You've heard uh, me say this. Nobody covers the tight end at least consistently at any level of football either. It's funny how the tight ends come to bear, like in the Super Bowl or championship games you know whatever right i mean 
because finally you go, hey, throw it to the guy who's open. <laughs> the guy's five yards over the line. When yeah. the out, he gets both missing the ball like this, and he falls three more yards for uh, for a first down. Yeah. Uh, and that's where, by the way, Loveland at Michigan, the tight yes. end, is one of the best they've had in a while. Uh, yeah. He's an he, NFL for sure. That uh, was and a that, huge, huge he touchdown. Sa- he saved them without Wilson. He saved them this past weekend. Yeah, and it was a huge touchdown also by him in that game last year in Ohio Stadium. Oh, so, yeah. You know. Wow, I'm looking forward to it, John. I think you are too, right? I think every, I think everybody who has a media credential or has access <laughs> to get to gaining one successfully is going to be there on Saturday. Uh, uh, it's just amazing. Just when you think the game has fallen off the cliff, it comes back big time the last two years and this year, of course, right? I mean, 2020 was the respite. <laughs> And now it's back, right? I mean, you agree with that, right? No matter well, what. Take my fire back there. I need to blow on it right now and yeah. keep your jokes to yourselves. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, this this rivalry is never dead. Uh, it goes through some dormant periods here and there, but then it flames right back up and you're right back where you started. Right. And I can't recall, not in my lifetime, has a game, as a Michigan Ohio State game in this anticipated, I think even including 2006. I agree. Um, I so, agree. Again, the stakes are, it's not just this game, it's the last two games. Yeah. Do those count or not? That'll be how it spins. And and you agree with me. There, this this game has the chance to be the most watched game of the regular season. I in bet it is football this year. Yeah. I, I in fact, how about this? I'll be surprised if it is not. You're right. Uh, and that's before you throw in the sign yeah. gate and all the rest. And now yeah. throw that on top of it. Yeah. Man, it's it's got everything. And Harbaugh is a very identifiable guy. You get clicks no matter what. Yeah. You're right about Harbaugh. Everyone knows that. So I think you're right. And I, I'd even say this, um, with USC and UCLA joining, uh, this game is the kind of game that makes Fox feel very good about the contract they signed. Yeah. Yeah, especially now that Michigan's not going to leave the leave the conference and go somewhere else. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Talk about bluster, baby! I don't know how you stood it. I, mean, I don't know how you. I don't know how you maintained that uh, the hand on the helm. Uh, you know, with all the bluster that's gone on. The not last not, not my hand, not my helm. I can tell you this though. Yeah. I talking to some regions at Michigan. Uh, they had more enthusiasm for exploring, not leaving which is a whole different word, yeah. uh, exploring leaving the Big Ten, which is, you know, some silly study, whatever, uh, versus firing Jim Harbaugh. So I, the, the idea of leaving the Big Ten has not come up since 1917. Yeah. Uh, when they returned to the Big Ten, when Ohio State was already there, of course. So um, that, it, man, it's like, a lot of, it's, like, it's like a lot of things that you yell at your parents when you're a teenager. It sounds cool to run away, but it's more complicated than you think. So. Exactly. Plus, the Ivy League doesn't have anywhere near <laughs> the, the television package that the Big Ten has now, right? You'd be surprised. Yeah, Cornell, not that strong uh, in television. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. By the way, Jim Knowles, graduate of Cornell. So, there you go, defense coordinator of State. So, you just tied that in for me. Hey, as, as always, John Bacon, uh, man, I love it. I love it when I got bacon in the house. Uh, John U. Bacon, thanks again for, for joining the Tim May show, man. I love oh, this annual. I love this annual give and take with you, my brother. I always love it. You can follow me on Twitter, of course, and let them lead by bacon.com. The podcast is doing really well. A lot of fun stuff on there, too. Boy, I always like it when bacon's frying in the Tim May show, man. And John U. Bacon is never disappointed. He he and I go back a long ways. And uh, just like you and everybody else, I'm mad. He's very curious about how this game, this version of the game, is going to go down. So, uh, Give me like 30, 45 seconds wrap up here. You know, you've gotten into what you like. 
which you may still be concerned about a little bit about Ohio State. You know, Tommy Eichenberg's going to play on Saturday. He almost oh, yes. fought Ryan Day about getting to play in his final home game last week. But, you know, it this game is the one that matters. Uh, just what are your – give me 30 seconds of succinct uh, thoughts about this game and what sure. we're going to see Saturday. Uh, I think it, it's it's two things, and it goes back with some past history and, and as, as stingy as our defense has been this year, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hang my hat on two things. And I talked about it a little bit earlier is I'm going to say uh, for both sides to keep it a, a game because we have big play capabilities with Marvin and Travion is, is big plays, uh, you know, and, and I'll say 20, you know, plays of 20 yards or more, either through yeah. the air or on the ground, the team that has the most of those good chance that they're going to win. You mean uh, like last that, year, you mean like last year. <laughs> exactly. And then on the flip side is uh, 50 or more. It's, it, goes, it goes back to the red zone. You know, the red zone is, you know, yards are going to be tough to come by. And so when those t- opportunities arise for you to get inside the 20 is, uh, and I go back to the Ohio State Rutgers game, what, five chances inside the 20 and it came away with what, three points, seven yeah. points, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, so not a lot. So that's, that gives me a, an immense sense of optimism about our side. But on the flip side, you know, Michigan's no slouch in what they're going to do inside the red zone. They're going to suffocate you inside that red zone. So the creativity from the offensive play callers to, to find those open guys and then who's settling for field goals, who's going for it on fourth downs, and who's going to get those touchdowns because I think touchdowns in this football game are going to be very hard, hard to come by as well because of these two stout defenses. Yeah, that's always the prime currency in this game, in the game, is touchdowns. But, you know, if you got a chance to take the lead, like uh, bothered me about uh, about Ohio State at Notre Dame. They had a chance to take a lead with a field goal and went for it. I'm talking about earlier in the game. You know what I mean? I I think you stack points when you can, but man, uh, touchdowns well, are always at a premium. And, and to your point, Tim, uh, the 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 mentality, or at least my mentality in my football experience, is the reason why you get points is because you're not. Get, how many more opportunities will you have Correct. to get down there? Correct. You know, and if you don't get down there again, you'd rather have the three now. Uh, going in at halftime to not have the goose egg or, you know, and, and I know, gosh, everybody who plays football, coaches football, wants seven points, but to walk away with zero is extremely deflating oh. and, a, and a momentum shift for that other team. When you can get three, you know, and then when you go down there, you strategically based around the game playing out because you're not guaranteed a bunch of other opportunities to get down there and you nope. have to rely on big plays at that point. So get the points when you can. Gotcha. Med Wilhelm. As usual, you brought it, man. I hardly had to say eight words. I think my <laughs> viewers are glad I wasn't interrupting you all the time because I'm. That's what I want to do. But uh, you're going to be back next week. You know that, right? Absolutely. You're going to be back review. next week. We're going to dissect the carcass of Ohio State at Michigan. Everything on the line. Uh, we didn't even get into the uh, the real stuff going on off the field uh, because. My other two guests handled that, but I do want to ask you one last thing. When you found out, you know, when you found out pretty much that Michigan was getting prior knowledge or had prior knowledge about signals and what played, not just whether there was going to be a run or a pass, but in some period, some instances there's indication that play Route was coming. Yes. Did, did it make you, as a former football player, did it make you nauseous? That just what was your? We don't have to get into breaking all that down, but what yes. does it make you? Did it make you sick to your stomach? What? What? It, how would it, you? It describe does. It? it does, and the reason why is because uh, when you study it, when you study an opponent, 
again, I said four game breakdown and you're probably watching last year's game is like you and, you know, your defense, I'll say your defense coordinator, your linebacker coach, and you are studying, you know, hours and hours and hours of film so that you yourself can, uh, uh, you know, have a good inclination of what's coming, yeah. you know, down and distance, place on the field, wind, which, you tendencies. know, uh, which, which hashes the ball on, and you, you know, and it's like you try to memorize those tendencies and shrink that offense to expect this or that, you know, and then you get into formation, you know, or what personnel grouping, are they in yeah. 11, are they in 12, you know, are the tight ends together, are they ace formation, and then you go based on your film study, it's either going to be this or this, and that's, that's the players and coaches doing the work during the week, and then going out and playing the game. This is preemptive, you know, chat GPT, you know, artificial intelligence, basically taking all that prep out, you're going to do some prep. But if you know, we got their signs, you can focus so much more on you, because you feel like you have your opponent in the bag. And yes. so, and that's the one thing that I could say is, you know, for a lot of the, the fans and, and, and family members around me is like, you know, as the same question you just asked, it's in layman's terms, when I script out, what would I tell you if, you know, how would you dress if you knew what the weather was going to be tomorrow every single day? And you just walked out in shorts when the sun was out and you didn't have to check your watch or the weather or the, you know, or, you know, it's like, yeah. It make it makes everything so much easier. There's no thinking. You just re go react. I just walk outside and it's sunny. It's seventy degrees. Oh, I'm wearing shorts and it's snow. You know that's that's a blitz coming on a specific down and distance when you're running play action pass and you get a sack for for an eight yard loss. You know, but if yes. you know the blitz is coming, you audible out and you you know you you run or you throw quick to get rid of the football and it negates the blitz. So many layers. Uh, I was insulted. Uh, and not only because it's Michigan, you know, and of course we want the gavel, you know, the gavel to come down and the book to get thrown at it. But like, I think in general, you know, this conceptually goes against all the principles, especially this isn't pro sports either. This is collegiate sports. These yeah. are kids, you know, uh, it's grown men manipulating, you know, young men. And that's the one thing I'll say lastly, and I know Ohio State fans will love this, is Desmond Howard and that shield that he is defending. It's about the players. The players are literally being told. The players aren't playing. The players are being robots. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, wired with they with you know with what's coming to go react. That's not hard to do. It's not about the players anymore. And Harbaugh took that away when he you know validated all of this uh, all this plan. You know yeah. what years ago. I think I think the many people that defended and or came at you know came offensively at Ohio State and stuff and Ryan Day in the beginning of this scandal. Uh, you know, trying to think he had something to do with it. Ohio State had something to do with it. Ryan Day's family had something to do with it. They've got to feel very embarrassed right now, whether they admit it or not. And they've got to feel pretty embarrassed. But you heard me ask John U. Bacon about that. Yeah, You know, you've got to feel pretty embarrassed about this team you've been rooting for, thinking it was all this. And really, in some respects, it was all that. You know, and uh, but but, but think you know. about but think about this, Tim. And I'll just leave you with this. And I think it was uh, uh you know, Mecca Don, the former player yeah. who's now the rapper down in Columbus. And it was losing this game and losing this rivalry year after year. Harbaugh being zero and five, and his you know finding the right defensive coordinator and the right offensive coordinator, and going out and selling and trying to build a team that you think can beat Ohio State still was never good enough. That you had to you got pushed this far. Yeah. To go to go find these victories if it yeah. does in fact you know come out that they were doing it at the level they were doing it. Yeah. Hey, but Harbaugh didn't know anything about it. <laughs> of course. We'll and see where that yeah, goes. We'll see where that goes. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Wilhelm always brings he's always blitz, and that's what uh, Michigan uh, should have <laughs> known about him. 
Uh, Matt Wilhelm, once again, co-pilot on the Tim May Show. Excellent job, man. You're going to be back next week, right? Yes, sir. We did All a right. preview, and then we're going to do the review. Yeah, we're going to do the preview of the Big Ten Championship game and the review of the, the Ohio State at Michigan. I got Ohio State winning. Do you have Ohio State winning? I do, and a very, very close one. There you go. Well, he didn't stick his neck out very far, but he stuck his neck out, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Right. But we'll be back, and until next week, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you then.